Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David and Zach. How are you guys doing? Who wants to answer first? <laughs> uh, well, I guess I will. How's it going, everybody? It's Zach here. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good, too. Um, you know, uh, it's Sunday as opposed to Monday, so maybe, I don't know when we're releasing this, but maybe we'll do it a day early. Who knows? So maybe it's Monday as opposed to Tuesday, but I'm good. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Sunday afternoon nap, so normally I'd be asleep during this time. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, guys. Affect the quality of my podcasting. <laughs> I'll take full blame on this one. Uh, the the wife's the wife's work schedule got in the way, so I really appreciate you guys uh, re- recording with me on Sunday. Hey, it's just as good, man. Um, and every day is the same right now, anyway. So you know, what yeah, is time even? Vertical. Yeah, it's an abstraction. Uh, all right, so uh, let's hit some housekeeping real quick. We have a bunch of new random things some of it laser cut some of it fancier than that um we got some patrons are getting some surge tokens they are actual like when i say surge tokens i mean it's like a green token that has a can of surge on it so (laughs) (laughs) brings me back (laughs) yeah if if you're um i know that there are many gamers that uh, live on energy drinks at conventions so um if you do those are for you uh we have a new logo. Uh, so we have a silhouette with said logo on it, as well as victory point tokens. Those are going out to patrons also. Um, and then if you want to buy some stuff, we have order tokens. Uh, there's a new batch of fifth trooper order tokens. Those are the um, the ones with the blue rings and the fifth trooper icon on them. Uh, those are back in stock. And then we're also doing a pre-sale on tokens with the scoundrels logo on it, which is that blaster. Um, they're red and white and or gray and they look pretty awesome so check those out we also have bags and dice trays with the scoundrels logo on them uh check them out the fifth trooper.com um shipping sometime in june ish so uh did i miss anything no that was a lot um i I think i think we're in a really good spot a lot of stuff (laughs) a lot of merch buy it (laughs) If if you like swag you know, can't can't play real games right now. Um, so my swag is just accumulating in a closet. But um, my table has literally a pile of stuff, and I've had to explain to my wife like ten times, like I'm just leaving them there because I have nothing to do with them, and then I'll figure it out when once we get back to playing at stores. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and and for those that uh, were at various levels of Adepticon um, uh, sign upage, there's I know there's a better word for that. Um, you've got a giant box sometime this last week uh, with your stuff in it. So I also have a giant box of Adepticon's way. <laughs> I need to figure out what to do with it. Have you opened it yet? I have. It's um, I have not like inventoried it yet. Uh, but let's just say that it's sufficiently large that it requires being inventoried. <laughs> yes, it is. I, uh, yeah. Uh, mine came too. And uh, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do this, man. I, I can only do one game. I can't do more. and Because that comes with games and stuff, right? Uh, dude, I like... There's like a Flames of War corset. There were like 
two Marvel, Marvel Crisis Protocol things in there. There was, uh, uh, like, a God Terror corset and, like, an expansion box for it. it. I'm sure, like, there was some other, like, a lot of other stuff, too. Like, a lot of, like, individual blisters of, like, you know, Space Marine Captain, and uh, I don't know what the Space Marine equivalents are in Age of Sigmar, but that guy was in there, too, I think. Oh, uh, Stormcast. Yeah, yeah, one of those guys. So, among many, many various other things. Um, yeah. It was fantastic. And I would like to say, as long as we're talking about it, uh, thank you to the Adepticon staff if you're listening to this, because, you know, I know that uh, kind of proceeding with all of that felt a little bit above and beyond what they probably had to do. And um, I uh, thank you. So. And I'm sure there was also some logistical difficulties just getting it all packed and shipped out. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure some people did a lot of work doing that. So thank you, Adepticon staff. You guys are the coolest. Um, and hopefully we won't be getting it in shipping next year because we'll be there hanging out. Um, all right, let's move on to... Uh, so we actually did have a guest book for today, but he was uh, held up by an Imperial blockade. Um, so, or something, uh, so, uh, this is a little bit of an audible episode. We've got a couple topics today. We're going to talk about operations, which David's going to tell me what that is. Cause I don't remember. And then, um, <laughs> we're, gonna, <laughs> we're going to, um, and then we're also going to talk about some league format ideas. And then we're just going to talk about some recent games we played. So let's hit operations first. Take it away, David. Well, I don't blame you, Kyle, for not remembering what operations are because the last one that FFG released was in October of 2018. So it's been it's been a while, but these are um, how to describe them. They are basically a set of additional special rules for your Legion games, and they were kind of envisioned as a a league style tournament, or you could also run them on one day. It was kind of up to you. And heck, it, you didn't have to run them as a tournament. You could just take a friend of yours who plays Legion or or any opponent just say, hey, do you want to try this out? But basically what it was is it was um, a packet of additional rules that enhance your Legion games. And sometimes these packets had a narrative. Um, I think some of the more popular ones out of this, uh, there was, of course, the Gathering Forces, which was the uh, recruitment kit, and Silent Hail, which was also in the recruitment kit. Um, these were both included um, if you went to like the... Uh, launch event for the game but originally ffg had planned to release these on a quarterly basis uh, every so-called season of the organized play structure this was under the old structure before um alex watkins became the new director of, of organized play um every season they would release these operations for people to use and i think some of my favorites out, out of these were were the gathering forces like i mentioned and then blue metal which had a, 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 before every game, it would have like a narrative prompt and it would encourage you to uh, read it aloud to sort of create an atmosphere, kind of more like closer to a role-playing game, uh, like a Pathfinder setting. Uh, for example, if you were like the, the blue player, you would say an abandoned mining facility lays at the far end of our position. We've received intel that enemy forces want to reopen its production. And so that kind of set the stage for a battle. And each of these battles, um, sometimes they used uh, the objective cards included in your core set, 
but sometimes they had custom deployments and custom conditions that were uh, not featured in the core set. So it, it sort of clued you in as to some additional possibilities with the game. And, and to me, when I was, you know, first playing these, I was like, man, I would really like to experiment with making my own. But as I got deeper into the game, my focus really turned more to the competition aspects of it and kind of drifted away. But um, FFG and in their games, I mean, maybe I'm wrong because my experience is kind of limited to X-Wing and Armada and, and now Legion. Their Star Wars games anyway, they haven't fully embraced, I think, the narrative format. They've definitely done campaigns. Like, for example, Armada, they had the Corellian Conflict, which was a, a campaign box. And it had like a persistent um, fleet list that you would upgrade and modify. And these operations are kind of like that, but on like a much smaller scale. And I, I just really thought that recently, I was kind of my mind kind of turned back to these. And I, I wondered um, if I could just encourage people to go onto Fantasy Flight's website and download these. These are completely free for you to download and play with. And I just hope people didn't forget that these existed because uh, they are some really entertaining alternative rule sets that you can use for your games to spice up your play. Um, Blue Metal in particular with the narrative format and then Deep Jungle as well, which also had a system where depending on the strength of your victory, you could add additional forces to your army. And those could be in the form of like an upgrade, a, a unit, that gets added to your list um, or it could be a heavy weapon in addition. And uh, there were some funny scenarios that I've encountered with that, with that one too. Um, maybe you're envisioning maybe like a snow trooper with double flamers or a Wookiee with two bowcasters <laughs> or something like that. But it basically allowed you to utilize more of your collection in a, in a, a day's tournament or in a league than just what you had brought in terms of your initial list because you know most tournaments we go to right they're fixed lists and you don't get to change but in this case you got to like add it to your to your list and kind of plan like well if i get this role maybe i'll add this to my list sort of like an escalation but a little more guided by a a, a table at the bottom of each page and each battle plan's instructions so i mean what do you what do you all think like i i I found these to be extremely fun. And I wondered if, you know, some people were interested in developing their own or maybe like in the future running events based on these kind of special rules. Yeah. Um, I played deep jungle. Uh, we did a one day tournament at my store and I remember it being a lot of fun and we did it to encourage um, player like newer players to show up and not feel obligated to like play like an 800 point game. Um, and sure, it was like a longer day, but it was a different experience where you can play with different units and people were borrowing other stuff from other players because like the when you rolled stuff, like you're saying, you roll the die and you have like the template of what you can grab. Some people didn't really have the miniatures that they needed. So we were just kind of like mixing and matching and trying to keep track of what's going on. Um, I, I will admit that was like when we played uh, Deep Jungle, it was like when Pathfinders first came out. And I got a little I got a little funky with some uh, with some infiltrate and I learned the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really the best, the best thing to do. Um, so, I'm, but I mean, that's something I took from a smaller game and brought it to my bigger game, like you're saying to kind of spice it up, but I will say it was fun having like, I think I ended up having a Wookiee unit get added into my list completely with the bowcaster. 
I ha- I added an extra Z6 to a Z6 unit. So I was rolling all kinds of weird dice. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely infiltrated Pathfinders to try and wipe something. Because one of the, if I'm not mistaken, I have the PDF here. One of the game modes was a straight up like um, like a kill point game. Like you got point, you got victory point tokens for each unit you uh, destroyed off the table. And I w- I put the Pathfinders in a spot for like an early alpha strike to kind of put a stranglehold on the game. And needless to say, they didn't really do what I needed to do. And then Boba took them off the board with uh, his his rocket. But um, but it was still things I learned in a smaller game. I can now bring them to a bigger game too. Right. And like a lot of these deployments were also like custom built for the missions. Um, I'm still in the deep jungle PDF here. Like, uh, for example, this first one or not the first one, the uh, second one called in deep, like that's kind of wild. Right. And you can see maybe, um, maybe you can trace the development of the game. You can see the relationship between in deep and the eventual card we got in vital assets called hemmed in where you've got one side uh, clumped up towards the center of their board edge and the other side is split between the edges of their board. And they've got to uh, play goalie around an end zone and try to prevent their enemy from actually entering that little strip of land uh, in the, uh, on their edge. So I think, I think this is just, you know, some fertile ground here that hasn't been tilled yet in terms of creativity um, for the game itself. And, they're also all skirmish based. So if you're just like at home and you have a few miniatures and, and you're maybe getting bored of just lining up and blowing each other out of the water or off the, or off the board, you can um, try these operations out. And once again, they're completely free. They're just in PDF form, just sitting there on, on FFG's website. I would love to see at some point. Uh, I, I like ideas like this as a, as a concept, I remember, you know, when Legion first came out, like this was a great way to just get people involved on a progressive nature. And I think that's still important insofar as, um, you know, at least starting in June again, we're going to be getting new releases again. And, um, you know, I think it'll be a good way to like encourage, you know, there's still new players getting involved in the game. Um, that's still something that, that needs to be done, right, is to get new blood into Legion. So, um, I think it's good for that. One thing I would love to see is um, uh, GW did something like this a couple of years ago, or maybe as recently as a year ago, but like a global narrative campaign where you would essentially, um, I forget the name of it, but you would essentially like play a game at your local store and then, you know, say you were rebels, you would report to your store manager uh, that rebels got a win and then they would report up to like, uh, you know, in this case, it would be FFG or whoever was running this thing, the rebels at store, whatever, got a win. And essentially your win would accumulate with all the other rebel wins, uh, you know, worldwide or whatever region was doing this. And then, um, uh, you know, go against the empire wins or whatever other factions were participating. And that would that would like influence from one week to the next, essentially what was happening, like in the overall campaign, you know, like they'd take a planet or something. Right, it would turn the tide of the of the story, and I, if I'm maybe I'm wrong here, but I think it was called Malign Portents. I know they did that for for Sigmar is what they did. Yeah, and there that, was one for 40k too. Yeah, so that that was like, and, and they even also. Uh, sorry, I'm getting a little tongue tied here. Uh, the narrative event that I first went to had something similar, but what they did was they had like um, the person that wrote the packet the person who organized it, it wasn't, I don't think it was given to them from anyone. I think they wrote it themselves, but what they did was they would 
actually like do that tally and then they would have different packets depending on how it went factionally and so they'd have three like endings for that chapter of the tournament essentially and depending on how the games went and who brought what it would determine the course of the narrative and i mean much the same way these are these are things that are just waiting to be written for legion essentially this is just you know it's an it's an untapped market i think Maybe not a market, just an untapped creative field. And I'm glad we're talking about it because something that Kyle said kind of sparked this in my head is that it's gonna it's gonna rely on us as in and the us I mean is the community to kind of get Legion. Um, we're keeping it afloat right now, right? With game stores not being um, open to play, right? So the community still you know going strong with what we can but when stores open back up it's going to take us as a community to do something like this or to our own thing just to get people back into the stores to you know play the game and keep legion going um and i'm not saying it's like a dead game but i'm just saying like what's going on right now is obviously not good for you know any kind of game right it's just it's all stagnant and it's going to be like something like, like you're saying like operations could really you know step it back up for people getting back into gaming in real life Right. It's that kind of uh, excitement surrounding the immersion of, of re retelling or creating your own uh, Star Wars experience or story on the tabletop with your miniatures. It's really what got me into the game in the first place was like, oh, man, I could command the plucky rebels who are going to you know, complete this dangerous operation and defeat the evil empire. Right. It sort of takes you it takes me me back, at least, to the roots of why I do ffg games star wars games in the first place is to have that immersive experience and you know headcanon out my own stories what uh what makes your rebels plucky david ah they just they just roll a lot of saves and uh, crucial moments i guess i don't know <laughs> i think i think rebels are plucky by their nature okay all right i've never heard them termed that way uh, just... wait. are you saying that your tauntauns have feathers <laughs> maybe uh uh, four models a unit but uh we still live through death troopers (laughs) that's what makes him plucky dodge tokens are still good sometimes (laughs) they're good when you have nimble right nimble they're good when you have nimble and they're good when you your opponent can't manufacture critical hits That's, (laughs) that's true yeah death troopers actually fit that description pretty well all right, plucky rebel troopers. I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting your invader list names to include the word plucky. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's good because plucky duck also has the word plucky in his name, and uh, I'm a big fan of Tiny Tunes. So there you go. Yeah. You guys got any other operations thoughts? Um, this is sort of tangential, but I would really encourage anybody who. Uh, enjoys the kind of idea of operations and stuff to take a look at imperial assault um i know it's kind of sort of dead uh but um it's very like it does a lot of what you guys are talking about as far as like thematic scenario driven narrative play goes um the campaign stuff's really neat um it's a different game clearly but you know, a little tangential in that that respect. Right. When it's kind of where it gets its origin. 
right that's that's sort of where this originates this idea of having yeah. the sort of you know scenario driven stuff but i think we can recreate it in legion with with legion's rules and and legion's scale as well because you still have your main characters and you still have the you, you just have a wider battlefield potentially it's not and it's also not um it's not tile based yeah right? no, I, think no. IA, ia is tile based but legion is a lot more freeform and you can play around with terrain you can do all sorts of interesting things did you guys ever play Mordheim way back in the day? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Heard of it, never played it. Okay, so it was it was essentially like um, it was a, a Warhammer based skirmish game, but it was a similar um, you know it was a smaller scale. Like you might have like five or six dudes, or you know ten dudes, whatever. Um, but essentially, it was like really leaned into the things persisting from one game to the next and creating like a narrative around around your guys like your guys would gain experience you know and you'd be able to give them skills and if they got taken out of action during a fight they'd get injuries you know so you could have like your you know pirate captain with a peg leg and one eye that you know was still chugging along even though he'd been injured repeatedly kind of a thing um so i'd love to see something like a legion version of mordheim where you know, you just have these persistent storylines that like kind of transfer from one game to the next. Yeah, so if you're listening and this inspires you, don't hold back your creativity. Yep, this is something the community could easily create. So yes. Yeah. So do we have like inspire one right now, inspire two, (laughs) inspire four, like where are we at? Like what level? my hope is at least inspire one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's speaking of community things the community can do. Let's move on to um, some league format ideas. This is slightly related, um, but uh, maybe more like I guess tournament format ideas. Um, or if you wanted like a week to week kind of league, Zach, you want to take this one? Yeah, I mean, ironically, when I was starting up Invader League, I kind of had a league startup with my local scene that kind of tapered off because Invader League kind of took over my life at that point. Um, but the idea behind it was um, you would it was you were open to any faction, and we set up a spreadsheet of all of our names, and you would have a home and a away team, and the it's all TTS based because of everything going on. So, so the home team could pick the map, and then the away team at the end of your match would be able to take a unit from your army and your and their opponent's army and essentially take that unit out from the entire tournament for the rest of the game. So like I played one game and I was the away team um, and I decided to take away rebel troopers from my opponent and, and I brought an 11 act clone list with a bark in it specifically so I could just take the bark out and then that way I wouldn't lose arcs or phase twos or wrecks or anything like that so i just threw this bark in there so i could just be like all right after this game bark you're gone um so it's, it's interesting because like when you're building for a home game you have to build differently because you're not taking away a unit when you're building for an away game you essentially like build your list where you know you're going to lose something in there and you're okay losing that but you're also putting pressure on your opponent to make like a quote unquote like weird list because they need to be careful of how they build their list so you don't take something crucial like sniper strike teams or something like that. 
sorry my daughter was talking in the background so <laughs> i was like remaining muted um no that's i mean i love the idea of a tournament format where you have to change your list in a way that sort of like tests your ability to play with a handicap from one game to the next um uh, there's two similar ideas that i had one is basically where um you make a list like you normally would, but then you swap it with your opponent. So you make a list, you bring all the minis for that list, but then when you show up to the table, you're in your opponent's swap. So this is essentially like, um, you know, who can make the worst possible list, and then subsequently who can make the most of a terrible list on the table um, at the same time. <laughs> so there's like two skill components there, right? I mean, presumably you're going to load up this list with like... Um, you know junk upgrades and stuff as many as or as many like unuseful combinations as you can fit right putting like um you know tenacity on on range units and uh you know emergency stems and stuff on everything that doesn't need it you know kind of a thing um <laughs> and then subsequently can you take your awful list and still like play reasonably well with it i think that would be really funny um to do a tournament like that and then um separately basically like a like an eliminator style where um you bring a certain number of lists and then once you've won a game with a list you can't use it again so like before your match um you know you can decide which list to use but then when once you've won with that list you can't use it and the this would work better on like on tts where you know bringing up a list is just throwing a data disk in there um I think this would be a little harder to do in real life if you've got to bring like, you know, a bunch of different models for a bunch of different list combinations. Um, or I, I mean, you could also also do league style where you just play like one game a week or something, and then you only have to bring you know whichever list you're playing for that week. Um, but yeah, like especially if you own multiple factions, I think this could be really interesting. Did somebody say own multiple factions? <laughs> Yes. You are you are Mr. Own Multiple Factions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this something like that could be really fun, you know. Um, there, there are like a billion different ways you could do it, and pretty much you can just, I don't know, throw whatever special rules in you want and run with it, right? Well, and, you know, David, Yavin Base was kind of a variant of this style where you're intentionally creating handicaps. Like it was, do you want to talk about the format that Team League was this last season real quick? Right. So in order to suppress uh, one team, you know, trying to crack the code and make a list that they've run five copies of, we decided to uh, limit the number of uh, copies of certain units that you could take to three across your whole team. And so that created a situation where uh, players had to organize who would take what because they were limited to a certain quantity. So like if one Rebel player really wanted to run three strike teams that precluded all the other players from running three sniper strikes, not just, you know, not, not all strike teams, but that's a special case. But basically the only unit that was uncapped was the basic infantry. So like Rebel Troopers, B1s, uh, Storms, and uh, what's that other one? Phase 1s. The clones. <laughs> what, what's that unit? Oh, phase one. Oh, yeah, phase one. Yeah, he's only seen phase two. He's only seen phase two. Yeah. So, so now, so now, if 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 you wanted to run uh, phase twos in that league, you'd have to limit yourself to three copies. So I guess there can only be one clone player. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. Uh, it's just a funny, a funny thing. 
yeah. but I mean, our troopers could benefit from that limitation as well, of course. And maybe that would encourage people to run full arcs because full arcs are the bomb. Uh, and they should stop wasting their uh, time running strikes because full arcs are just utterly sick. Um, but anyway, more to your point. <laughs> more to your point. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we experimented with that because we wanted to break things up. And, and Yabin-based Team League has this reputation of being an experimental sort of league where we are looking at alternate formats because it's kind of the, the off-season tournament for Invader, which is the serious, I put that in huge air quotes, the serious solo format where people are trying to uh, develop the best list, which is really ironic considering the number of Genersos that are currently being run. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's kind of what we were trying to accomplish with Team League was, was experimenting with alternate formats, seeing what, seeing what it did because um, restrictions are interesting things. They are, they do limit you but they also inspire you to get creative because you suddenly have this adversity that you have to overcome. And, and honestly, like having a restriction can make your decision-making easier. I'm sure you've heard of, you've heard of a, a concept called the paralysis of choice, where if you have so many choices, you, you freeze up and you don't know what to pick. And so by having that limiter, um, it makes things a little bit easier. And so I think, I think alternate league formats are, are a place where that's just a, a general benefit. You don't have to worry about the full gamut. Um, I actually think that that's like a really interesting kind of uh, thought process to talk about generally. It's why I hate playing droids. Uh, because <laughs> you get to like, sometimes when you go to your bag and like pick out a token, like you just like the choice is made for you. Right. But when everything's face up on the table, you're like, I have to make a choice. And it's like, if I make the wrong one, it's just like, it's objectively wrong. I made a bad play. Um, and it, that feels like way worse than, you know, pulling, you know, pulling a random token out of the bag and being like, oh, I guess it's Luke, you know, <laughs> like, um, and so I don't know. I just thought that was interesting about what you said in that, like, sometimes it's just a lot easier not to have to make a choice and let something determine it for you. All I got of that was that you don't like perfect order control. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Perfect order control is really nice. I just like it makes the game more stressful because the onus is on you to make the right choices. You know, um, I don't know. I, I, I prefer a game where we're both playing one pips and, you know, it's sloppy and messy. And sometimes you have to make a suboptimal choice because you rip something out of your bag that was untimely. All I can think of in this situation is I played a Han's zero pip card attempting to pull a core unit and I got the one in 10 for R2-D2 or something stupid like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of. You mean you didn't play your cunning one pip and have face-up orders on your entire army? No, I can't do that. You see, I, I made the mistake of playing Rebels. <laughs> Crazy. But the good news is, I bet you knew what you were going to do with R2 when you pulled that token. Uh, yeah, that I didn't need to go first for it. <laughs> drive him into drive him into fire as the first activation of my turn seems like a good play. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of exploration out there that could be done with like wonky tournament formats like this. I'm hoping I'm hoping we see some more leagues and more tournaments that are um, kind of like non-standard, just to kind of test 
um, you know, force different unit combinations and force players to step out of their comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for Yavin, Yavin League, um, I played Imperials one round because and it was actually the uh, uh, round, uh, not round robin play, but uh, single eliminations, I guess we'll call it. Um, and I ended up playing Imperials because we were trying to figure out what was the most comfortable everyone else could play. And while I don't play Imperials, I felt I felt more comfortable letting, you know, I was a captain, so I, I felt more comfortable letting one of my, uh, you know, teammates play a list that they were more comfortable with, which in, in turn left me with, all right, well, what can I put together, you know, with the units that I'm left with? It ended up being like, you know, death troopers, which, you know, are good. Uh, I ran into an ATSD, which was not good um, on, on a map that wasn't good, but it was still, you know, to bring that to the point is that it's fun to try and even when you're trying to build a list, it's also fun trying to manage it as a team together as well because you're trying to figure out the ins and outs of who's playing what and where. So it's just, it's just a different take on the game, which is awesome. Oh, totally. Like R1H4 came up with a 13 activation ATRT saboteur list because of those restrictions. It's, it play is as it is exactly as disgusting as it sounds. It's Cassian K2 and then like naked troops and then like three saboteurs with e-stims and three ATRTs with rotaries. It is, and R2D2, it's just disgusting. <laughs> but that was totally born out of the genesis of, I can't run more than three copies of a sniper strike team and I can't run more than three copies of Tauntaun Riders. And so I want to still play Rebel. So what, what are my next, what are my second line picks? And of course the answer is, I'm going to play this like skew counter that's going to get deployed second against uh my opponent's like, you know, most middle of the road list and the skew is going to smash him because he can't handle it. That list sounds really gross. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it, it, it was disgusting to watch it pull, get played. It's it's nuts. Like crack shot into saboteurs is disgustingly good when casting's in pistol mode. All right, well, you guys got any other league slash tournament format? brainstorms not off the top of my head but i'm sure i've had an idea in the sh like in the shower or like taking a walk with the kid and something pops in my head but i, I can't think of it right now you do a lot of thinking about legion in the shower <laughs> hey i I've, I've said to you guys many times hey i had this idea uh what do you guys think and uh most of it comes and <laughs> comes from that it's like you know it, 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 when they come to you they come to you i don't know what to tell you you know yep you should have you should put a whiteboard in there <laughs> yeah. uh, all right uh let's move on to talk about just a couple of recent games get ready for advanced tactics so uh invaders still going on i think what it's are we headed into the last week here zach uh, yeah, it is going to end on Friday, June 5th, and then Friday, single, single limbs will start uh, the 8th, which would be what, uh, Monday. So we're, we're going to jump right into it. Sick. Um, so I actually, I've got four of five games done, done now. Um, I, I wildcarded this weekend into a, I had to set Padme and Rex aside, unfortunately. Well, I should say I had to set Padme aside. Who who can set Rex aside? Uh, 
You can't. He's just he's so, <laughs> for the points. Like he's so good. Yeah, he's pretty excellent. Um, so I I wildcarded into a bunch of phase twos and a full arc squad, um, which I played for the first time today. Um, those full arcs with take that clanker is, is like is absolutely brutal. It's I put I put an issue uplink on them too, just for like kicks, you know, so that I've got three squads that are all tactical order token uh, take that Lakers turn it was gross um highly recommend for all you clone players out there you know uh embrace hq uplink on a full arc squad and just just get it all david's making all these motions like he's like <laughs> punching himself in the face and, like, yeah. like okay. this is the worst thing ever i think yeah. he might puke <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh yeah just don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> troopers. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him, man. I hate him. So did you go for the? Did you go for like the like the range four with them, or did you get into range three uh, for the take back Lakers? So um, uh, in today's game, it was pretty much all range four stuff. We were playing pretty long, marchy sabotage the moisture evaporators, and um, you know, I was blue player, so I was just kind of sitting back. I really wanted the like the range two. 10 die, you know, shot. Um, cause I also <laughs> put scopes on my arc troopers too, just for kicks. Uh, <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> which, which funnily enough, uh, came up later in the game when my opponent's Dooku like dive bomb, my arc troopers rolled four hits, only killed one. Cause he had to give up a point of pierce to, uh, take away impervious. And then I proceeded to just like, Womp him like three times in a row with arc trooper melee attacks with like a twenty aim tokens, um, and Duke died. Just getting like the crap beat out of him by fists. Okay, riddle me, riddle me this, and I don't know the math. This is this is me being bad. Kyle, is Makashi actually worth taking away impervious, knowing that you are going to make them roll another die that they could fail? That's a really good point. I don't. I I was curious about that today when it came up. I was like, I'm a, I was like, you know, Makashi can get rid of Impervious, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know the math on whether that's. Yeah, I might actually just take the Pierce too because the end result has a higher ceiling, right? Yeah. So In your, if it swings, well, it doesn't. It doesn't really. Um, oh, okay. So the short answer is if your target is a surging Impervious, so Boba Fett or, um. You know, like arch, arch troopers with sufficient surge tokens lying around. Um, you want to use Makashi. If it is like uh, Grievous and he doesn't have any surges or dodge tokens, so it's just a you know fifty-fifty block blank impervious. It's basically a wash with a slight lean towards you might want to keep the Pierce, um, or rather you might want to just keep Pierce two and not use Makashi. But um, you know, using Makashi is still more reliable. Uh, so I think generally speaking, at least my preference is to just always use Mikashi. Um, but like if you're attacking, uh, you know, uh, arcs or BXs without surge tokens or, um, Grievous without surge tokens or a dodge, uh, you could make the case to not use Mikashi, but statistically it's still better, you know, against like a Boba Fett, um, to use it to cancel the impervious. There we go. Well, there yep. you go. We learned something yep. today. Stat of the day. We need like a yeah. stat of the day drop. 
<laughs> I'm, sure, I'm trying to come up with something. Yeah. Um, New but yes, yeah. let's go. <laughs> uh, it was a fun game. Um, a lot of aim tokens. Uh, crazy aim token sharing. I think aim token sharing is crazier than standby sharing. That's my hot take for the day. I've had this conversation actually a lot this week. It feels like um, maybe because I've played a couple games, but um, yeah, um, it's kind of hard to pinpoint which one is which one is worse, I guess. But um, I play clones, so I have fun doing it. So it's, I guess I have a skewed take on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it feels bad because you're just you're given more re rolls, right? And then it, like standby is like the one attack. It's like one attack, and maybe in a, it, sometimes with the Z, it could be a blank, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Or we then if you have like a stack of aims, you're just re-rolling. And when you have scopes, you're re- you're really re-rolling, right? <laughs> yeah. I um I just my opponent on like just about every turn was like, man, I just you guess you get to line and wait like three times this turn. <laughs> and I was like, uh yeah. Yeah, that's how it's gonna go. <laughs> um so anyways, that was how uh my wild card and my invader games went. Uh David, I know that you're kinda on the bubble right now. What's what's going on, man? Yeah, so um, <laughs> uh, I am on the bubble. Um, I I brought a really degenerate list, which is a twelve activation triple tauntaun Sabine list, because uh, I thought it was you know going to give me a really good chance to advance, and it has been doing that. I just made the mistake of losing to someone who is also four one. If I end with four victories, and so I have to win my last game with the three VP spread to get out of, out of my group, which, so it's, that's a, it's a high bar. You basically have to either table them or force a concession somehow, or just score more points. So I'm going to have to go for like the high scoring objectives, like intercept, uh, possibly breakthrough. Cause I have R2D2. Um, and R2D2 is worth two on breakthrough. So that's super helpful. Um, but I know that I'll have the bid cause I'm still at 11. Uh, I lost my, game in part because my opponent wildcarded to a 14 point bid and uh, <laughs> forced me to play forced me to play an objective that I didn't really want to play which was key positions um mm. and it turns out that complete the mission on turn 6 is godlike so <laughs> that's the one that where that's where Jin gives three face up troopers suppression and panic immunity and so on the final round of the game, it's it's insanely good. Like you will always get to the objective because you're immune to suppression on those troopers that need to score. So and I and I lost because he did exactly the right play. He body blocked the key position with two ATRTs, and my troopers had to take two difficult moves to get on the objective and couldn't because they were suppressed. So rip me. Oh yeah, an ATRT icing. R2-D2 in one shot with four criticals through cover didn't help either. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, four R2. criticals through cover? That's yeah. not something that happens very often. <laughs> Speaking of four criticals. Uh, yeah. yeah, for real. So my my most recent game was against um, Aesop, a.k.a. Jace. Uh, he was playing, uh, he's one of the clone players in our group. That was actually last Friday, um, but we didn't talk about it last week, so um, it was a super fun game. Um, if you want to watch it, uh, it was a very classic uh, CIS versus clones matchup, and you can catch it on David's um, channel, uh, Yavin Base. And um, yeah, there, <laughs> there was a play um, where uh, Grievous, you know, he did his 
charge in there, spin the saber, just kill nobody thing. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, then he um, uh, got shot by everything, which turned out to be okay, um, which I'll get into in a second. But uh, I think I think it was like the last activation of the of the turn, or the, maybe the second to last one. Um, Grievous still had four wounds left, and uh, Jace had a um, just a two man arc strike team, just threw four dice at him. Uh, the range two shot and rolled three natural crits and a surge, which of course is a crit with, the <laughs> um, and then I rolled four blanks. So <laughs> no, you can't see this, but David has his head face down on his table because he just doesn't want to relive this, uh, arc nightmare into grievous as I think Kyle's more okay with this than David is. <laughs> I mean, ask, ask Luke cook arc stands for always roll crits. Yeah, that's what it means. That was that was with, that was without any aims, I think. Um, yeah, that was running with tactical aim on uh, lethal. <laughs> it was one of those moments. I mean, he, you could tell. Like um, sometimes you just take a crazy roll and you feel bad yourself because it's so ridiculous. Like I could tell Jace when he was like, "I guess I'll spend the aim on lethal." <laughs> that was one of those moments. Hey, to be fair, like, Jace is Canadian. They're they're way nicer than us. All right. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was super nice. Um, it was a super fun, uh, congenial game. Um, I did end up winning that game because, um, like, also on that turn, uh, you know, one of the things I've found with beating the clone standby castles, you kind of have to just, like, pick, you know, you got to poke for the first couple turns and hopefully avoid take that clankers without taking too much. Um, but then you kind of just got to pick a turn and, like, dive in there, you know, with whether it's Grievous or Dooku. And then at the same time, you have to be within you know, a move shoot range three with all your B1s so that while they're focused on Grievous or Dooku, you can, you know, while they're shooting your red die save guy, you can be shooting their clones with all of your B1s, which is kind of what happened. You know, he spent basically an entire turn shooting Grievous and then I moved up and shot with all my B1s. Um, So as he was murdering Grievous, I was murdering clones. Um, And uh, there were a couple swingy moments where uh, he rolled like it was like two or three shots past cover on clones, and then he'd roll like all blanks. Um, <clears throat> after you know the first couple turns, like uh, well, and then the saber swing totally missed on on Grievous. Also, um, there's a bunch of blocks, so it's just like one of those super swingy where you know the first half of the game it's like all blocks, and the second half of the game it's like all blanks. Um, but yeah, I ended up body blocking the KP via a um, seven-man B1 squad melee, uh, which turned out to be the difference on the last turn. So, um, yeah, it was super tight. But, yeah, and Jace is going to advance also. He's 4-1 and one now, so he's going to be um, he's going to be the second player from our group to advance. So, um, hopefully I can avoid him. Because <laughs> 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 he's, he's good. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah it there's was gonna be a lot crazy. of clones in the in any limbs. I think. Oh man, it's yeah. Um, they're they're the most uh, on a percentage basis the most represented um, so far. So yeah, and droids are the least. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I don't really get, but uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah, I don't get that either. We'll I have think... we'll have at at some point we'll have Bushman on so we can dissect that a little more granularly. Um. That's not a word in granular detail, uh, but yeah, that somebody was going through all like the um, 
you know, who at this point with a week left is, is guaranteed an Elam spot. And, um, clones had the highest, uh, like, you know, of X number of clone players, certain percentage of them made Elims and then droids had the lowest. So I think it was only five of 25 droid players in the U S groups. Well, there's two guaranteed out of EU group like three. So, because that was the five CIS, one Empire. Five, <laughs> yeah. so I guess that will, that will bump the numbers up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. One would hope, right? Yeah. You know, I hope the guy uh, immediately wildcarded to Ion Snows or something dumb like that. <laughs> <laughs> Why wildcard? Why not just start with like full Ion Snows or Flamer Snows? Just ride the wave. Well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm not playing in Invader League, but I, I played, uh, three games this week. <laughs> Every time I went to go paint, I was like, uh, I'm going to play a game instead. Um, so while there was nothing on the line for those games as like, uh, the three of you guys have, but, um, I played in, I played against an interesting 10 act, uh, Kenobi list on Scarif. Um, and all of his weapons were critical. So I think he brought uh, three DC-15s and a mortar. Um, so he's trying to use, basically trying to outrange me. Um, but we played KP and uh, I want to say major offensive. And I don't know if you're, if you're listening and you're familiar with Scarif, there's like a building kind of near the bridge on Scarif that it, like I got in a good position to kind of just stay behind it and pop out and just continually take shots. And it was just too hard for my opponent to kind of overtake that KP. Um, my other game was against Cirillo, which I'm not going to go into too much detail with because we're going to write a battle report for the blog about, <laughs> but I will give you one tidbit is I tilted the scales round two, uh, when I one shot his cat, <laughs> I one shot his Cassian off the board, uh, and it kind of turned the game on its head. Um, uh, but we'll go into more detail on the blog on that one. It's going to be a, a good read. I hope. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Is that is that this week? Uh, it's not due till June 11th, but I think both of us are working <laughs> on it. So, I mean, we can go early okay. if we want to. Um, but I don't know what we have on the docket on the blog. Um, but we're going to try and write it from my perspective and his perspective and just put it together um, into two different, into two different uh, sections. So that way it's kind of like you can kind of go through how my mind was operating and how his mind was operating during the game, which I think would be an interesting, you know, um, dissection of a game. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right. Well, that was recent games. Uh, any final thoughts, anything to plug for you guys? Um, a final thought for me is supply drop might be, one of the most fun condition cards, but it is going to be a headache when it comes to competitive play. I think. So are you, are you plugging the the card itself? Supply. I'm drop? just plugging. I, I had so much fun. I played it. I played it two out of my three games this week, and I just had a blast playing it. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, sorry, I got back to capsules twice. <laughs> I'm I'm just sad that Tauntaun riders can't pick those things up. Oh man! <laughs> you shut want, your dirty mouth. Tauntaun rider with the grapnel harpoon. Heck yeah! What is this like? Low profile tauntauns <laughs> with grapnel harpoons. Yeah, which like the low profile completely doesn't work and, on and field tauntauns. scanners. 
Yeah, field scanner uh, tongs. That's where it's at. Field scanner <laughs> back to tongs. There you dodge go. With your dodge tokens. Yeah, yeah, I'd like some more dodges, yeah. please. Give me more. Oh, man. Uh, you're just going to negate them anyway with your high velocity AAT cannon or whatever that no, you bring in. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how many AATs actually make it through. I do think that they're the most reasonable vehicle um, in the game right now, probably. Yeah, yeah. high velocity makes that vehicle really good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It, it, uh, was the, it was the most represented heavy. Um, we talked about this last week, but it was the most represented heavy by a lot in round robin. So. I think that's because a lot of the lists were taken too, but yeah, <laughs> there were a couple that had two, a couple crazy people with two. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually, I ordered mine. I'm I'm super looking forward to painting it. It's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna airbrush that bad boy. Try and I'm do sure it'll be beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, hey, here, guys. <laughs> It Here looks guys, okay. Look crappy model I painted. It's so terrible. It's only like uh, master class. What's the GW guys love, level? What, what are the special? Oh man, I haven't, I haven't opened. I don't know what it is, but I've never painted anything that's remotely close to whatever that is. Um, whatever. whatever. I, I did. I did meet the guy. Uh, there's a guy local to us that did some of the models in the old Dark Angels Codex. Um, it's... I, I met him playing a Legion game. He's like, I'm that guy. I'm like, wow, can I have your autograph? <laughs> it's uh it's heavy metal, isn't it? Yeah. That's, uh, heavy yeah. metal, yeah. Yeah, oh, the dude yeah. was like the heavy metal Dark Angels guy back in the day. I'm like, wow. Um anyway, uh yeah. All right. So I'm super looking forward to that AAT. Uh that's my final thought. Um Twitch streams, uh we got uh, Dash's TV and Yavin Base this week. You get it's, we're kind of winding down for Invader games, at least for Round Robin, but I'm sure they're going to be starting up again once we... Is there, is there a bracket reveal show this time, Zach? Do you know? How's that working? Um, I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. Um, so maybe, <laughs> I should, maybe I should try and swindle a deal this week with someone to do something. Um, uh, I wasn't planning on it, but... Um, what do you yeah, mean, something? swindle a deal? I thought I had a monopoly <laughs> <Yeah>. on you. <laughs> All right. Da- Dash, is just, uh, Dash has just signed a contract. He has the uh, bracket reveal show whenever he wants it. <laughs> there you go. No, you should you should do something, because that's... I mean, uh, it was... Yeah, no, it's a good idea. Last season, and it was pretty popular, so that's... Um, yeah, it's good TV. It is, yeah, yeah. good television. And everybody is very excited to see what that bracket looks like, so... Uh, although you can kind of backhand your way into it with the standings um, a little bit, but it takes this a 64 person bracket, so that's not particularly easy to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll be at least whether it's via show or via website update or what, that'll be on um, Saturday. Are you going to do challenge this time so people can do like March Madness style bracket picks? Yeah, I actually was already um, thinking in my head who I need to contact for some prize support and and then, yeah, we'll set that up on the challenge again. Um, it's been, what, we did that started two seasons ago? So this will be the third season we've done it. It's such a, it's such yep. a good, like, little, like, extra thing to do uh, on top of everything that we've done. So, um, yeah, we're definitely going to continue that trend. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, next week we'll have our, hopefully have our special guest on. Uh, looking forward to that. And we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm David. And I'm Zach. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Ban ain't turkeys.
Ban, take that clankers. <laughs>